1: It's the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night. About it. a real C's fan wouldn't wanna live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East, and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the other guys to go and plan a vacation. Plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's Reignin' J's Millie's
0: Welcome back. This is the Locked On Celtics podcast and we want to thank you for making us part of your daily routine. Shout-out to all the new listeners, anybody who I might have met down in Charlotte. Spent a lot of time down in Charlotte just... Direct marketing, Jay, handing out pamphlets so any of you people who are uh, I met on the street and you happen to sample the podcast, welcome aboard. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoy the Lockdown Celtics podcast. We are coming to you after the Boston Celtics get blown out by the San Antonio Spurs 115-96. We're also going to talk about the 124-117 loss to the Charlotte Hornets, blowing an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter. We are the Rain and Jays. I am John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for MassLive.com, joined by Jay King, who covers the Celtics for the athletic. Let's, uh, let's just dive in to this, Jay. Uh, basically, this game against the Spurs, it was Lamarcus Aldridge just demolishing the Celtics, uh, getting past Aaron Baines pretty easily. Uh, And then feasting on anybody else the Celtics tried to throw at him.
1: Yeah. And they didn't even make it tough. Like it was LaMarcus got whatever he wanted. And granted, it was going to be a tough night for the Celtics with Al Horford out and with Aaron Baines just back off an ankle injury. And with your backup being Daniel Tice, who has trouble with bruising big men or Gershon Yabuselli who has never been Mr. Reliable off the bench rarely plays so this was one this was a matchup the Celtics probably looked at and were like uh-oh <laughs> this could go poorly
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i i don't think they anticipated 48 points on 23 of 34 shooting probably not something they anticipated but He just torched them. He torched them inside. When they sent doubles, he found cutters. He found guys open on the perimeter. He just decimated them. It didn't matter what they tried. Doubles weren't effective. Single coverage, he destroyed. The Spurs just picked them apart. And the issue isn't that LaMarcus Aldridge killed them and that the Spurs, who have been one of the better offenses over the past however many months, scored so many points. It's The Celtics have been getting gashed by a number of different types of players lately, and their defense has been bad, bad, bad for almost two months now.
0: Yeah, the the, the defensive effort has been very subpar. What these guys are doing is um, – and Brad Stevens alluded to it. I, I don't think that when, when he said uh, after the game that he hasn't been part of a team that's been so uh, dependent on the shots – I forget exactly. I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, the the he was asked about the um, the Celtics' reliance on shots, and he he basically said, "Nope, I can't find it." Never mind. But I think what he was getting at is that I think the Celtics are, their defense is impacted by whether or not they make shots. Like, it's not just whether or not they make shots that they score. It's whether or not they make shots that they give effort in other phases of the game. And I think that's the biggest problem here, or one of the biggest problems for the Celtics is that mentally – they the big umbrella for the Celtics of things that are wrong it's it's mental all of their all of their problems are up in their heads there's it's not that they're not fast enough it's not that they're not big enough you know they they maybe some of that stuff but generally they match up they can they can put matchups out there to deal they have they have the potential for a big lineup they have the potential for a small lineup they can do a lot of these things physically schematically uh, strategically they can do all that stuff mentally they if their shots aren't falling, then they get frustrated. They put their heads down. They don't run back, uh, and play aggressive defense. It's also much more difficult to go back and play defense against a, a team that's grabbed a rebound and is running out in transition versus setting your, your defense. So there is some of that going on as well. But they mentally, they are not able to get past certain hurdles. And you just wonder whether, They will ever be able to clear some of these mental hurdles because it takes takes a lot of strength to say, I I'm shooting like shit. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to run back and play exceptionally hard defense to make up for the fact that I can't shoot tonight. Uh, What's what the Celtics are doing is I'm shooting like shit. Now I'm going to feel sorry for myself. Oh, there goes my guy back door. Or I'm not going to help the way I was supposed to. Or I'm going to switch versus drop in the pick and roll coverage and, and stuff like that. So that that is where they really get hurt.
1: Let's put some numbers to this. Since February 1st, the Celtics are 19th in defensive efficiency. 19th. There is not a single playoff team that has been worse than them during that stretch that's brutal they are 11 and 12 over that stretch they're 6 and 10 after the all-star break they have been playing like a bad bad team their starting lineup the usual starting lineup has a minus 5.5 rating since February 1st and I think part of the issue for Brad Stevens who admitted he thinks about changing the starting lineup every day (laughs) Um, and that's that's not something that's that's abnormal for him. He actually says all the time. He thinks about the rotation every day. That's just something a coach does. But in this case, starting lap has been really bad. And what's tough for him is like he hasn't been able to rely on different aspects of his team. It's like Marcus Morris was his second-best player for a while. Well, then he went ice cold. Or just the original starter stunk. Then you change up the starting lap. That's like a fascinating hit for a fantastic hit for a while then that goes ice cold can't get stops can't shoot the ball the transition defense has been nowhere the bench sometimes the bench is a huge plus sometimes it just stinks it's like what do you rely on what moves do you make when every part of your team is inconsistent and it's been like like, sometimes things work, sometimes it doesn't. There's There hasn't been anything Stevens has really been able to rely on through a lot of this season. And I do think he's probably wanted to change the starting lineup lately. But Horford's been out of the lineup. Hayward's been out of the lineup. Tatum missed tonight's game. Aaron Baines, who they need off the bench, um, he missed. So, he missed some games. So, the lineups that Brad is probably thinking of trying, is, he hasn't been able to do. And so he probably wants to make some changes. Those haven't happened. It's It's been a mess. And granted, Horford and Tatum were out. But the Celtics, that's four straight losses. They got the Denver game. They fell apart after the third quarter. The disastrous end of the third quarter. The Philadelphia game, they led by... God knows how many, what was it, eighteen points, coughed up all that, let him beat and Jimmy Butler, destroy them down the stretch, had big mistakes defensively down the stretch. This game they just got decimated. It's just been an ugly ugly in the Charlotte game they gave up a thirty to five run to end the fourth quarter. This has been like just one disaster after the next. Yeah. And it's it's bad. <laughs> it's bad right now. but
0: it's bad. And yet in the locker room, I wouldn't be able to guess that that team in that locker room, the way they're talking is a fifth seed that just fell two games behind the four seed that just lost their fourth game in a row that just blew an 18 point fourth quarter lead that just got blown out. They're talking like, yeah, we're fine. Like, Kyrie is like, yeah, no, we've, we've been able to respond. Okay. Marcus smart saying, yeah, we're, I'm, I feel great about our progress. Once we get this clicking, we'll be good. Like, okay. Either you're super arrogant and you don't see the problems in front of you, or they are super super cool and this really is not not a big deal and, and we'll come back and laugh at this and we won't know which it is until the whole thing is is over, this run is over. But listening to these guys tonight, they just seem like, yeah, well, you know, once we get healthy and once we clean up a couple of things, we'll be okay.
1: Yeah, well they've been getting their asses kicked, so
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a weird it's a weird dynamic. They they took extra time. I, we're still not sure exactly what that post game meeting that Brad Stevens says was not a meeting was
1: all about. Uh, when you meet for more time than you normally do, I'd suspect it's a meeting. <laughs> I I would too. I would
0: too. Um, Marcus Smart said it was oh we're just watching game film. I don't think they were just watching game film or. Somebody called up game film and they were all yelling at each other or something, but that wasn't just a, Oh, let's get together and watch some film.
1: Greg Monroe just wanted to say hello to everyone. Again, icebreakers with Greg Monroe. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know what else, what else there is to say about the San Antonio game other than, you know, that, that it just looked like two teams that were in very different places. The, the Spurs, they move the ball so well. You have to be, you have have perfect defensive rotations and the Celtics defense is very far from that. You always tell where the Celtics are a step slow defensively. When you have two guys flying out at a shooter, trying to challenge a shot. And I saw that probably two, three times in this game. It just, the rotations are way, way off. You never have an opportunity to really close out a team or shut down a team that that moves the ball as well as San Antonio when you can't be on the same page. You need to be on the same page. Um, but, but, there's always a but with this team. No Horford, um, no Tatum. I mean, those things are big deals. Um, Bain's just coming back. It, there are mitigating circumstances. It's just with this team. All right, let's uh, – why don't we take a break, come back. We're going to discuss a little bit more about the Charlotte game. We'll talk about that a little more specifically. Uh, But I just want to, again, all of you new listeners, if you're, if you're just checking us out, maybe you're on Twitter or whatever, you can get the locked on Celtics podcast on and basically anywhere podcast exists, including this new podcasting app called Himalaya. It's always uh, on Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify. And you can of course tell your smart device to play podcast On Celtics, whether you're in your car, whether you're in your home. So get the show every day. Subscribe to the Lockdown Celtics podcast again on the new Himalaya podcast app or wherever podcasts are available.
2: NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand-new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up-to-date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews, and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the
0: screen the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of
2: NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Down in Charlotte, the Boston Celtics led by 18 with eight 20 to go in the game. Everything was seeming, seemingly good. The Celtics were kind of cooking. They held Kemba Walker mostly in check. He had 18 points going into the fourth quarter, but it took a lot of shots, and he was just not, he was not his usual self. Uh, and things were great. And then uh, Jalen Brown hit a couple of shots. He was super, super hot in that game. And then all of a sudden, hero ball came out. And... Once hero ball comes out, Jay, then the Celtics are screwed. It happens time and time again. Whenever the Celtics do have a big lead and they have, they've had plenty. These guys just say, great. Now it's my turn. And they can't seem to handle when one guy's going great. Like I'll go back to the Spurs game. LaMarcus Aldridge in the first quarter just dominated 19 points. And once he if he was on the Celtics I feel like after he had scored 10 someone else would have been like okay you got your 10 now I want to score. But the Spurs just kept giving it to him. The entire quarter he touched the ball on maybe all but five possessions maybe. He just they kept on going to him. Even if there was nothing there, pass it back out, work the ball around or he get an assist, the Celtics don't do that. They just they, they get to that 20-point lead, and they think things are safe, and they start saying, all right, I'm going to throw the knockout punch, or I'm going to get the big shot, and I want a piece of the glory. And that, above all else, that is is, I think, one of their biggest problems this year. They can't just finish games off. They can't just let things happen, and whomever is the big scorer that day is the scorer that day. Everybody wants a piece of the
1: pie. They've had some serious, serious defensive execution issues lately, too. Like, they've had defensive miscommunications. They've had, like, guys leaving great shooters to send help instead of leaving the worst shooters and helping off the right guys. The transition defense has been rough, just ragged, just giving up points left and right. I mean, they've, they've been killed by point guards, Lou Williams, Kemba Walker. They've been killed by a shooting guard, Zach Levine. They've been killed by big men, Joel Embiid, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. They've just been killed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is a defense that should be one of their strengths. And obviously, Aaron Baines has missed time. Al Horford has missed time. Gordon Hayward has missed time. Jason Tatum has missed time. Good defenders have missed time. But when you look at the Celtics team, what should separate them is that they have a lot of switchy athletes and that they have the versatility. And that when guys go down, they should have other guys to step in. And the defense has just been a mess lately. It's been a real mess. And it's... I mean, 140 points against the Clippers. They gave up a ton of points on the stretch against the 76ers. They gave up 35, 30 to 5 run. Kemba was just torching them. Kyrie was ripped about the defensive schemes on him. And, but yeah, they players did come out kind of optimistic. They I mean, and Brad said one thing was that he wants them to stop w- riding the emotional roller coaster. So maybe that was part of it. That, <laughs> you know, Brad. Brad told him he wants them to stop riding the emotional roller coaster, and I was like, oh, okay, we'll we'll at least pretend like things are okay tonight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I they, they have just bad habits. They have bad habits, um, and that's just. I just don't know if they can or if they will. They can. They have the ability to, if they will, fix this in time for the playoffs. And will guys in the playoffs do what they need to do versus what they want to do? And that's what we were talking about with Marcus Smart a little bit. That these guys, he's talking after the game about getting guys into the positions where they can do the things that they love to do and want to do and all of that stuff. But a lot of these guys do the same thing like Tatum and Brown and Hayward and Rozier, you know, guys that can handle the ball and want to drive and want to score and want to shoot. And some guys pass more than others, but all of those guys, Kyrie, like to varying degrees, they all want to do the same thing. And they can't all do the same thing. You need different guys to do different things. And these guys have to be okay with not being the scorer or not being, the, like, they have to be okay with, I'm going to buckle down and be the defensive presence that this team needs me to be. That's what they're missing. They're, they have the ability to do it. We've seen it. We've seen Terry Rozier play good defense. He can be a very good defensive guard. Um, he could be pretty good off the ball and he can be, he can hit clutch shots. We've seen him do it, but I know I'm, i you know, he's a uh, a real popular target for sing- singling out, but that's the type of thing that they need to stop. Um, that's that's where they are. I don't know how much else else there is to say with these guys. They they go to Cleveland, and who knows who's going to play in Cleveland if they lose to the Cavaliers? Then, oh my God, <laughs> there's going to be all kinds of craziness. Um, and they're now two games out of the fourth seed, and I know they play Indiana twice, but they are they are in danger of having to play every series starting on the road, and that's extraordinarily difficult. I don't know has a team ever won a championship doing that? I can't think of one. Uh,
1: not that I'm not Rockets, speak. maybe in one of theirs.
0: Yeah, maybe. Um, not that I should be thinking championship with this team, but you know, I know how silly that sounds, but that's just to illustrate the point that it's it's very difficult. It'd be a very difficult run.
1: Hey, Kyrie made a couple of championship references.
0: He, shocking that he would do that. I'm gonna get on my Versa climber and get to the next segment on this show.
1: Got to get on the Versa climber,
0: <laughs> which is gonna be uh, a few of your tweets i would say normally we're gonna hand out tacos but who the hell gets a taco in a four-game losing streak nobody no tacos this week unless jay has a taco
1: i got i got no tacos
0: we'll hit your tweets after the break and then come back to finish up the lockdown Celtics podcast there stay with us We ask you to tweet us hashtag rain and Jays or rain and junk. I don't know if we're going to get to any of the junk and it's not a junk mood kind of thing, but here are your questions via Twitter with the hashtag rain and Jays. And we're going to start with, uh, at, at Joey Angus 11 at Joey Angus 11. Uh, are the Celtics worst rebounding team in the league? Uh, no, I don't, think they're the worst rebounding team in the league, but they're not a good rebounding team, especially without Al Horford there. Uh, But watching them get decimated over and over and over again by offensive rebounds, it just, it's brutal to watch. And I think that's a function of being pulled out of position when you're, when you're not clean with your rotations and when you're not disciplined with your closeouts and guys are running all over the place, that just allows other teams to come in and, and just Kill you on the offensive on the offensive boards. Even when the Celtics do get stops, they have so many offensive rebounds that they give up that they they can't finish off the defensive stop. And and it's that part is uh, decimating to a defense.
1: Yeah, and and the Spurs in that sense were a tough matchup. J- Jakob Purtle is about as tall as any power forward you'll play in the NBA. And Marcus Morris had that matchup and there were a couple of times. Purdue just had size rebounds um, where he just kind of reached over the top and got him. Rudy Gay, he's a big, strong wing. He had at least one offensive rebound. I can remember. Um, so it wasn't all just breakdowns. Some of it was, was size and missing Horford. Um but the, I mean, the Spurs, they had Aldridge was absolutely cooking from the start. He had, I think it was 16 points in the first quarter, and they still offensive rebounded seven of their first 17 misses. Like they were barely missing, and they were still getting offensive rebounds on almost half their misses. It was not a good showing for the Celtics defense, and they just weren't stopping it early. They're not the worst offensive rebound team, but. Oh, it was ugly. Ugly tonight.
0: <laughs> the worst rebounding team in the league, by the way, is Phoenix, Washington, Chicago. Uh, Boston is like middle of the pack defensive rebounding. Uh, and they are 22nd in rebound differentials. So they are getting out-rebounded by uh, one and a half rebounds per game, 46 to 44.5. Those are your actual statistics there. Uh, let's get to... Uh, at Trav underscore Lewis. It's the third quarter, and I'm confused why we haven't tried Shemi or Moose on Aldridge. The Baines-Tice combo isn't working. Well, let me tell you something. Greg Monroe was not going to work on on LaMarcus Aldridge unless he fell down and physically injured Aldridge. That would be the only way he could stop him, because of all the defenders the Celtics have, uh, Greg Monroe is the worst. Shemi, you could try it. Um, I actually thought they might start Shemi instead of Baines because I thought maybe because of the, the minutes restriction. Problem with Shemi, he's strong, but he is not tall enough. And LaMarcus Aldridge just got that high release, and you just pop him in the post and shoot right over the top of Shemi.
1: Yeah, he just shoots right over the top of guys. And he's he's an ox, too. He's big. big uh, works. Who works really, really hard to get good position. I mean, he's a bear down low. He's an absolute bear. And when he's feeling it from mid-range, he's so tall and so strong and has such good touch. There's not a lot you can do. But the Celtics, like, he didn't even feel them for a lot of his shots. And and that was the issue tonight. They just he just didn't feel them. It was they weren't impacting his shots in the least. The help wasn't right when they did double. They got beat on the weak side. It was ugh, just gross.
0: It was indeed gross. Uh, At Trav underscore Lewis again, the bench uh, already playing with more excitement from any Celtic since the Golden State game. Uh, I think that was at the end of the game when they came in and played kind of tough, but you can't count garbage time. Uh, At B Patrick Quinn, I haven't been this apathetic about a team since the tank year. I think there's a lot of people who are kind of in that boat now that they are just sort of done like they're done and maybe playoff time. They're going to come around, but people are disinterested and this team has done nothing to inspire any hope from any of these guys.
1: (laughs) Everything is doomsday isn't it. It should be doomsday, and Brad Stevens was kind of like, "Yeah, we just have to show that we can get off the mat and be resilient." He's like, "I know we haven't given anybody reason to believe we can be." <laughs> I like, oh, "Okay, okay, Brad, some honesty there." But
0: yeah, and this is the time of year where it's like the criticism gets a little bit more biting. That that's about as biting as criticism gets from Brad Stevens. But, uh, I think, I think he's just been, it's been interesting to see how he's reacted after games, um, because it feels like he's just much more likely to sort of say, like when we say, Oh yeah, you've, you know, whatever defense really looked shitty out there. And you'd be like, yeah. And then sort of kind of add to it. But like, he's just kind of like, yeah, (laughs) I got no answers. Uh, which people are, are, you know, criticizing him for, like the rotations are uh, an issue. I personally, I don't know if you agree with this. I personally think that he feels like if these guys would just do the damn thing that he wants them to do, they'd, they'd be able to fix a lot of these things. If these guys just accepted roles and bought in, they'd, they'd be able to do the things that we have been talking about and what fans want them to do. Um, and I think he's given them, he's giving them every last bit of rope. Like he is just giving them every opportunity to fix it on their own because come playoff time, he's going to fix it for them or he, he has to fix it for them or he should fix it for them. But, he can't go into the playoffs and say, okay, we're going to keep on going with the way things are going. Like he's got two weeks for these guys to finally fall in line and say, okay, what do you need me to do? I will do what the team needs me to do and we'll figure the rest out later. And then come playoff time, guys, you just can't play certain guys and he's going to have to play guys 40 minutes, which means Marcus Morris's minutes might, shrink a lot you can't have marcus morris out there shooting the way he's shooting you can't have guys out there being cold and and you can't give them an opportunity to come out of it so i think he's giving the regular season to these guys to like figure this out on your own before i have to do things differently
1: yeah do you think he should be harder on them
0: i think
1: like more of a taskmaster like go Tom Izzo on their ass?
0: No, I don't think he's going to go full Tom Izzo. Um, <laughs> I feel like he can get a little bit more Greg Popovich, but I, I, I do think that one of the risks when you're a very philosophical guy like Brad Stevens is the philo- the, the philosophy can tend to get old. Like the the buzzwords can, when they when you keep saying the buzzwords, they can be tuned out. And I'm not saying the Celtics are tuning him out. I'm saying that when he talks about you've got to hit singles. Well, we've been hearing him talk about hitting singles from the day he took the job. And repeating the phrase, we got to hit singles, makes sense. Telling these guys, like, this is how you got to do it. You've got to approach this. I also am saying this without having been in the practices. Like, I don't know what it's like being in practice. And sometimes in practice, maybe he is a taskmaster. I don't know. We don't get a chance to see that, but I think there are opportunities for him to be a little bit tougher. Even like, for example, I believe that in that Charlotte game, he should have taken a little bit more control of that game rather than let those guys try to figure it out. He should have, tried to run some plays. Once he saw Jason Tatum grab a rebound, come down, four seconds later, jack up a three, like that's the signal. This that, that individual type of play is the signal to say, okay, this is what we're going to start doing now. Okay, I got to call a play for Jalen Brown, who's the hottest shooter on the team in this game. Let's go back to running it through Jalen Brown and seeing if he can create something, even if it's to draw defense and pass. I think when he sees those things happening, he has to take greater control and, and maybe have a little bit of a shorter leash and either, either call plays or sub other guys in or, or do something to, to take that back from the players. I know he wants the players to figure it out. I think it's obvious that this team, this year, this group is not figuring it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. like I said, it, it, there's no one single issue you can point to. For the first 20 games, it was the offense that sucked. And Marcus Morris was one of the best players on the team. Right. <laughs> and right. Then, and then it, now it's been the defense that has stunk. And Marcus Morris is missing a lot of threes <laughs> regularly. And so it it really is. It, it In a lot of ways, this has been a tough team to coach beyond just the the team dynamic aspects of it goes to like who do you trust on a nightly basis? And I, I think that's part of the Celtics issue is that like Steven said, they they have a lot of guys who are alike. And there's no hierarchy. Like like some teams have a hierarchy. With the Bucks it's like Giannis, Middleton, Lopez Brogdon, whoever else with the Warriors, it's Steph, KD or KD, Steph, whatever. Clay, Draymond, Iggy, everybody else with the Celtics. It's like Kyrie, Al and what? Right. And
0: And, everybody thinks they're next.
1: Yeah. Or, every single person probably thinks they're the third best player. (laughs) Right. And that's the problem. Yeah. Remember, like some of those guys might think they're better than that.
0: Right. I feel like at the beginning of the year, we we talked about this exact same problem that there's no hierarchy. There's no one, two, like it used to be, it would be Kyrie Hayward. Like the, the plan was after they traded for Kyrie would be, Kyrie, Hayward, Horford, boom, boom, boom. That's your three best players. And if Hayward was healthy, that would be fine. And everyone else would have to fall in line because Hayward's a damn good player. And but trying to work him back—I don't want to rehash everything. I'm just going to spend a lot of time repeating everything. But trying trying to work him back was the right thing to do, but there it raises questions. And and the, these are some of the consequences. You sometimes you do the right thing for one guy and it's not the right thing for the other guy. And you know, with, with 12, 15 guys on the team, you can't do the, you can't do what's right for every player at the same time. Like on this team, the, what is right for the team as a whole is not right for each individual player. And there's a handful of guys on this team that need to get that through their damn heads or else this team will go down as one of the most disappointing in Celtics history. Maybe the most disappointing in Celtics history. Uh, They, they have to understand that. And and this is where Kyrie has always had the right point about the young guys. They have to understand that at some point they have to fall in line and it sucks. And It's not what they want to do, but they have to fall in line and, play the role that they need to play for the team to succeed. And that's not jacking up the first three that you get. That's not trying to take your guy off the dribble every damn time. Even if you think you have a mismatch, sometimes you just got to work the ball around and you've got a good shot. Maybe there's a better shot. So I, and and that's, that's deep grain stuff, man. That's, that's ingrained in people. I don't know. They have the ability to do it, but I don't know. How can these people change something so fundamental about their games in two weeks?
1: Pass the ball. (laughs) Uh, Go screen for Kyrie. Right. Something.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, I am done talking about this team for this night. It's super early. We're recording this at... We're wrapping up just about 2.30 in the morning. And I've still got writing to do. So I am wrapping up the show. Again, you can subscribe to the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Everywhere podcasts exist, even the new Himalaya podcasting app. Check that out. Of course, you can find us on Twitter. J is at by Jay King. I am at Reds Army underscore John. For all of you new listeners who aren't following us on Twitter, Twitter is our social media of choice. So follow us there. And all of you new listeners, I hope you're you're subscribing. All of the regular listeners, five star rating, good review, please, 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 and share the podcast. Tell everybody listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.
2: Yeah,
1: Corralis, Packard, and JK. King. Lockdown Celtics.